Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts. Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk all things mm-hmm. young adults reaching the faith of the next generation for Christ in our world today. And every Monday, Mm -hmm. you know the drill, we start your week off strong and join link with you, whether it's Mm -hmm. on YouTube or anywhere you stream podcasts, but thanks for subscribing this and Mm -hmm. sharing this message. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of Christ and young adults today. Mm -hmm. Here's Today's episode is going to be a treat. We're in for a fun one. It's been in the progress for a while, but One pastor named Craig Rochelle says it this way. He says, to reach people no one else is reaching. You have to do things no one else is doing. He also, at Life Church, one of their like core values and their mission statement is that they will do anything short of sin to reach people with the love of God. And our guest is really one of the people that I see when you talk about truly doing things that nobody's ever done. It's going to look apostolic. Mm -hmm. It's going to look like swimming upstream against the cultural current at times. And I think um, we're, we're going to talk about reaching Generation Z. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some video games and, and missions. And I think this right off the top, I think we as church leaders mm-hmm. could learn a thing or two from our friends who build online communities and the gaming community. So our guest mm-hmm. is Grant Diamond, better known mm-hmm. as the Preacher Guy. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, good to, good to be here, guys. So, so, so excited. And uh, yeah, we, I've been a mess scheduling. <laughs> so I appreciate your patience uh, doing it. You know, I, I, uh, I went full time with content creation uh, a little over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago now. And, you know, I've been really leaned into the freedom and flexibility part of that. So I'm glad we're on here. It's just, uh, you know, it's uh, after, after years and years of, you know, ministry life, right? You're booked to the gills and uh, meeting, 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 meeting. It's been a bit a different season being kind of uh, uh, more loose and, uh, and free with it. And then I'm nocturnal now, you know, if we're just getting right into gaming stuff. My, my schedule's crazy. I start streaming at six every night, right around six. And uh, I'll usually get off around 2 a.m., something like that, and then try to wind down. And so it's uh, <laughs> it's fun scheduling with, uh, with, with people of the day, you know, it's like 11 a.m. is early for me. It's like if I'm scheduled 11, I'm like, all right, I, should, I, should, I think I'll be awake by then, but you never know. So it's good to be here, though, man. I'm so excited. All that is just a preamble because uh, we've been working hard mm. to schedule this. And uh, I'm just so excited to be with you guys. Honored. Uh, we were talking before the pod, just, just, you guys are coming off a conference, right? Just had, mm-hmm. now was that the first, was that the first iteration of this? Was that the the launch or have you done, uh, what, what, what was that? Well, so this was our young adult weekend in Minnesota. We've actually done three of them mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, yeah, and it's yeah. just, Amazing. so like our journey is, has been where we were on staff leading a, like a college ministry and yeah. our hobby was the Young Adults Today podcast. Mm-hmm. Then we did a yeah. leadership conference. And then the mm-hmm. Young Adult Weekend, there was a couple hundred young adults there this weekend encountering the love of Christ. Yeah. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. 40, 50 churches represented. I mean, five, six different speakers. And one of them, mm-hmm. Paul Allen, he's the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. He shared his testimony. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, at age 53, the love of God met me. I never knew that Jesus was God on earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, so people people oh. were getting saved. People mm-hmm. were encountering healing, yeah. growing in faith, growing in adulting, growing in all of those things. So thanks for asking about it. It was a, a great weekend. One yeah. of the reasons that we do what we do. And <clears throat> I think it was after last weekend, um, like a year ago in May, where we took a similar step to faith of what you did. Mm, and yeah. we went full time with the dream of just, we couldn't keep up both. It's like, wow, we either pretty much with a family and everything, we can kind of choose to lead this or choose to lead that. And it was getting hard leading both. Yeah. And we felt like God had said, you got to reach young adults for Christ. Yeah. So, so we took the leap just like you That's did. It. I love That's it. it. Yeah. It's uh, and then, uh, and we took the leap in front of uh, the first big recession of our generation. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> faith, no better time. Faith. You know, I'm like, man, I'm glad I got faith, man. You know, what a, what a season to, to uh, jump into entrepreneurship, you know, but it's been, it's been good. And I love that you guys had, uh, I saw that Paul Allen and I just, um, I love that you guys are featuring and finding ways to, to uh, elevate voices uh, for the next generation that aren't just pastors. You know, I was a local church pastor for 12 years. I love the local church, serving the local church. 
uh, being on the other side now where I just get to attend my church and um, sort of work at my church, uh, it's been really eye-opening for me. And then doing ministry in the marketplace now, uh, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a full-time content creator. I'm a streamer to a largely secular audience. So being in the marketplace now uh, for my ministry, it's really been eye-opening of going, man, um, so, sometimes it's just really easy. And I did this so often as a pastor, it's really easy to get out of touch with mm -hmm. kind of the the flow of a regular person, you know, and we can yeah. mm -hmm. get in our ministry bubbles. And, um, I think one of the great things to do to, to kind of break that, that, that rhythm and really help people have a fresh encounter is when you get somebody who's not a pastor, right. Isn't a, a priest or a traditional religious figure who's just testifying, you know, and yeah. is talking mm -hmm. about how their faith impacts their day-to-day -day life. So, um, I, I know that touch the next gen. That, that's amazing. I can't, I, I, I want to, can I listen? Can I find it? Is there a link? You know, I want to, I want to go yes. watch. Amazing. Yes. I have it all available very soon. Wait yes. for the downloads. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I actually, on that note, I read about a university president who um, took two weeks vacation each year from his like traditional job. Yep. And what he ended up doing is every year he would take those two weeks and go work a manual labor job. And he, he I think he might've been 40 or so years. I'm not yeah, 100% yeah. sure, but so all of these weeks, but he never wanted to become so insulated in a bubble mm -hmm. that he didn't know what it was like to DoorDash or to do Grubhub or to be an Uber driver, or just to do something like work at Walmart, almost like undercover mm -hmm. boss a little bit, but just like, mm -hmm. what's reality? Like I'm in this office or this cave and just getting yeah. out there and, and resonating with people, but yeah. we want to kick it off strong. And Mike has got Ooh. a great question for you. Oh well, yeah. Well, speaking I of the next it. gen, speaking of the next gen and knowing that you're online, you're streaming, you're gaming, you're, you're touching people in the secular world. Um, just through technology that so many people shy away from in, in some regards, but why do you believe that reaching the next generation in this day and age is like so critical, so vital. And even with the approach that you take, like, why does it need to happen? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so ju just as uh, for, for uh, a lot of the audience may not be super familiar yet with uh, live streaming or Twitch, especially if uh, I have more religious audience. So uh, basically, I, I play video games every night for my job and uh, broadcast that to an audience of, uh, of thousands of people. And then I make uh, content uh, around that um, that goes out on, on TikTok, YouTube, other platforms. And so there's sort of the live uh, audience um, that I do every night. And that's a lot of fun. You know, I think last, I, I'm probably averaging 750 or so unique viewers a stream right now. So last night I was live and was live seven hours, I think had about 750 people come through. And, um, and so for me, I just, I coming out of ministry, it's like, it's so it's wild. Cause it's like, that's the biggest church I ever pastored, you know? And, and it's like, I was, I was always pastoring and it's like, Oh my gosh, like, I mean, if I, I, I was a church planner, uh, you know, uh, back in 2018 before I got into all this and I'm like, my goodness, man, if I had 750 people showing up on a Sunday, I would have, that would have been crazy. But, but now, uh, I'm in a shed in my backyard, you know, and every night, every night I've got 700 and, and over the course of a month, you know, um, you talk about tens of thousands of unique people that will kind of pass through. And, uh, I just bring up the numbers to give a sense of like, um, you know, numbers represent people. I learned that in ministry and, um, I count because people count. Right. And, and so for me, it, it basically what I'm doing is I'm playing a video game. There's a camera pointed at me. And, uh, but the key to understanding what I do is that and really any great content creator on Twitch, um, I'm not just playing a game. That's the fun part. Really what a great content creator does is he builds community, I'm a builder of community. And, and um, and, and so whether you talk about a streamer like me, um, who has, you know, uh, hundreds, maybe a thousand unique viewers every night, or you're talking about a streamer with hundreds of thousands of unique viewers every night, the best of the best in our industry are community builders. You know, they're creating culture, they're creating community, they're helping people find a place of belonging, uh, through their content. And so that's what I do as I'm playing video games. And as far as the next gen goes, I mean, I, I would hope that, uh, in a way that that no person who is serious about the Great Commission is having to even think about why the next gen matters. You know, <laughs> the reality is uh, we're always one generation away from irrelevance. You know, we're, we're, I mean, we're one generation away of nobody sharing the gospel from Christianity just petering out. Now, that's not going to happen. You know, I, I know how the story ends, but the reality is, uh, man, there's a great quote about, I can't remember, you might remember it, uh, guys, but there's a quote about 
you know, one generation assumes the gospel, right. And sort of how there's this, this generational decline where you go from sharing the gospel to assuming the gospel to no gospel, you know? And so I, that, that just reminds me that uh, if we're not actively, you know, reaching and recruiting the next generation to faith, you know, um, and, and, and evangelizing, we're one generation away from irrelevance, you know? And so it's the most important thing in the world connecting with the next gen and everybody's going after the next gen, any marketer, any advertiser, any, I mean that, I mean, when you get into the marketplace, everybody wants the attention of the 16 year old, you know, because they know that if I have the attention of the 16 year old, I'm in business, not just for the next five years, but for the next, you know, couple decades. Wow. And yep. uh, I mean, if you look at any traditional entertainment medium, you look at a, uh, um, broadcast television right now. I was reading an article about AM radio the other day. Basically any any entertainment medium that's dying right now is dying because it has an aging audience, right? AM radio has an aging audience. Broadcast television has an aging aging audience is by the way, church leaders, uh we should pay attention to this <laughs> because uh breaking news I don't want to say the church in America is dying because I believe in my spirit we're on the cusp of the greatest revival Amen. we've ever I really believe that. But the reality is on a metric side, if you study the uh, the church in America, it is an aging institution. It is a decaying institution, and and so I don't say I, I don't hate on the church. I'm not a church basher. I really believe in a bright future. But I think we we it, it's more important than ever that people like the Keneally's are sort of ringing the alarm bell and sounding the mm -hmm. alarm and saying, "Hey, we've got to regain our focus on the next gen. We we've got to be willing." to do things differently. We've got to be willing to see things differently because if we keep running the same plays, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're a decade out. I mean, the number, have you got, yeah, I'm sure you guys have talked about the numbers in the pod before the, the numbers over the last 20 years of any statistic that you read about um, basically how seriously church and faith is taken. I mean, you're talking about, 20, I'm not even talking about 50 years. I'm talking about the last 20 years mm -hmm. uh, in the rise of people that don't identify with any certain faith. And then they, they've done studies actually on our reputation, right? The reputation of institutions. You cannot find a statistic that says that the future is getting brighter for, um, for faith in America. You can't find that statistic. It's all going in the wrong direction and we got to change it. We got to switch mm -hmm. it up. So that's why yeah. I do what I do. And uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to do it. Seriously, what a blessing, Grant. And I'll just say to the leader listening right now, you might be like, what in the world is going on? We had a great conversation with actually one of our mutual friends, John Rush. John is a pastor at Elevation Church. I bought me this hat for my birthday. Shout out, John. Yes. <laughs> my favorite so, so John Rush is a youth pastor at Elevation, and he's how we met, Grant. And um, yeah. it's just amazing how he's launched, and, and youth pastors should pay attention to this, young adult ministry leaders, next-gen pastors. Mm -hmm. If you're serious about reaching the next generation, I think you got to give – Grant Diamond uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I just want to make sure I get your your handle is at TTV Preacher Guy. And Grant, Grant's a great friend of ours. And uh, John's a great friend of ours as well, John Rush. And he does Youth Elevation Gaming or uh, Youth Nation Gaming at Elevation, John does. Mm -hmm. But Grant is, is doing some streams. And why I say that he's a must follow is his engagement is mm -hmm. through the roof. So we can learn a thing or two about engagement on Twitter mm -hmm. and on Instagram. And then Grant, watching some of your reels or some of your short form content of you take clips of your streams and people are commenting and asking you questions about who is Jesus or why, why, why can we trust about it? They're asking you some questions mm -hmm. on this medium of live gaming and you're getting to preach the gospel often. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. And I just, I think that people need to just think maybe a little bit new, new thoughts, new ideas. That's one of our prayers yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. And just bringing on different guests and voices is I want you to think about what is God doing in this day and age? And um, you yeah. look at even the Super Bowl. Gaming is represented at the Super Bowl and Gen Z is represented at the Super Bowl. And they're yeah. continuing to age down to target millennials, to target Gen Z with mm -hmm. halftime entertainment and such and such. But let's talk Gen Z. And I think that it's no secret that we're all craving community. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know your perspective from the gaming community, from church planting, from, from your walk of life. 
and even the travel that you're doing, speaking at different youth things, putting on different online conferences and events for the next generation. But what about being a young adult? Do you think makes community building challenging? You know, um, yeah, I mean, so it's kind of related to that statistic that I shared earlier about the the death of institutions right now, generationally, right? Um, generationally, they've studied, and, and this is where again, I, I love I love the local church, and I think sometimes, like uh, you know, it's easy to it's easy to bash the church, it's easy to look at statistics, but I think sometimes what people miss when they're telling the story is it's not just the church that is suffering right now. Every institution. Um, you know, traditional institution, like you, they, they, they don't just study trust in the church, they study trust in institutions. And what you see is, is that trust in institutions across the board has plummeted. Okay. Meaning that generation over generation, people are less likely to engage institutions. They're less likely to trust institutions. What are institutions? It's, it's churches, it's universities, it's, um, it, it's governments, right? I mean, it, it's, there's a trend that's going on in culture that is way bigger than just the church, but that the church has unfortunately fallen victim to. And, um, and I bring that trend up because the reality is as a generation disengages from institutions, well, institutions have a lot of flaws, but one of the benefits of institutions is they've traditionally brought people together. I, I mean, at, at worst bowling leagues and churches and rotary clubs and uh, community organizations and, um, uh, city forums. I mean, all, all the, at worst, what these things did is they brought citizens together. They brought people together yeah. together and, and, and to build a relationship, meet people. And, and the reality is for the next gen, um, that's just not happening as much. Really the only place it happens now, not the only place, but you know, like the people I talked to, uh, on stream, you know, I had somebody just this week came in and said, um, I, I think I was playing games with John or I was telling a story about John. He's my best friend. And, um, I think he was on a discord called me on the stream. We were, we were just talking while I was streaming and somebody in chat just said something like, man, I would love to have a friend like you have with John. I just, I don't know how to make friends. Like, how do you, I mean, literally this is a young adult saying like, how do I make friends? Um, I'll have this on my TikTok in the next week or two. I'm getting it edited right now because it was a really, really cool conversation. Uh, it was me and John and another friend we were playing together. And, um, it just reminded me that, that that what you're saying is it's it's like young adults are trying to figure this out. They're they're going. The need for friendship has not gone away. The need for connection has not gone away. Um, you know, I'm sure every every speaker you have on here talks about the tension of this generation right now, right, of being more connected than ever and lonelier than ever. Uh, that's that. If you want to understand Gen Z, there it is. They're more connected than ever and they're lonelier than ever. But I think it's such a cool opportunity to create places of connection and spaces of connection. You know, and um, and. And if you're doing that, you're winning with the next gen. You know, I, I the biggest goal for my stream, <laughs> I love that. I appreciate the Twitter shout out. I get a little out of pocket on there for my religious listeners. So, you know, we got to, it means a lot. That, it means a lot that, that, that Josiah Keneally shouted out my Twitter because, you know, it's like uh, tw Twitter, Twitter is my freest social medium. You know, for me, it's like Twitter is my social medium where I have the, I mean, probably 80 to 90% of my followers on there are, are far from God. They're not Christian. And, uh, and, 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 and I, I love, oh, there's so much to unpack here, but just the fact, I'm really honored that you shouted out the engagement because that's not a traditionally religious metric that we measure, right? It's like we measure salvations and baptisms. and um, But I love that you shouted that out because the reality for me is that to me as an influencer, like my influence starts with, does anybody care what I have to say? I mean, yeah. that. I, we got way too many Christian influencers that are really good at posting Bible verses and inspirational thoughts and get two likes on Twitter and, and, and nobody cares what you, now I'm not, if the Lord called you to it, the Lord called you to it. You know, I, I don't want to disparage, but I do want to kind of ask questions in an online space of like, what are we doing with our influence? Because I think every time a Christian posts a piece of content that, that doesn't get any engagement and wasn't well-made and doesn't have the right audience in mind i think it makes my faith look worse not better and so i'm on twitter i'm like I'm, I'm i bring this up because it's so astute that you said you said hey you guys should check out preacher guy because he gets engagement you know because that's currency it's currency with the next generation and i love that you brought up pastor craig your because my whole approach to social media is anything short of sin you know mm -hmm. so i'll be posting a lot of 
out of pocket stuff. You know, I'd be posting a lot of stuff that honestly is cringe. Like you, you would read some of my tweets if you're a religious person and probably cringe. And you'd probably go, Oh my gosh, I can't, I, I would never say that. How could he say that? And the reality is I could say it because I'm not tweeting as a pastor. I'm not tweeting as a preacher. I'm not, I'm tweeting as a, as a person who is a gaming influencer who lives on Twitter. And this is my fishbowl that I swim in. And I know how, I mean, the apostle Paul said to the Jews, I became like a Jew to the Greeks. I became like a Greek. I will do anything so that some might be saved. Right. And um, I don't always get it right. I repent a lot. I, I repent a lot. I make a lot of jokes that that I have to repent for pretty quickly. You know, <laughs> I'm on stream some nights and I'll, I'll literally, I'll, I mean, I did last night. I'll start making a joke and, and I'll stop mid joke and I'll tell the audience, I'll say, Hey guys, the Holy spirit took that one. I had a really good joke lined up there, but it was like before I, the Holy spirit just, I, I just, I, I, I mean, there's times where I, I, sometimes, sometimes I'm not quick enough and I, I tell a joke or I make fun of somebody, I'm trolling somebody in chat and the Holy Spirit convicts me and says, that was so rude. And you made everybody laugh, but you made that person in chat feel so small. And I just, I'm, I'm, I think so much of currency with the next gen to bring it back to the next gen. I think so much of the currency with the next gen is honesty, authenticity. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's with the next yeah. gen. So I love that I have moments as a communicator. I think, listen, ministry leaders, if you don't take anything else from this podcast, please take this home. You will connect the most with your audience, I promise you, with people who are far from God, not when you're the most polished, religious, you know, charismatic. I I have these really cool quotables that rhyme and start with the same letter. You're not going to connect the most with the next gen with that. You know how you're going to connect the most with the next gen is the more authentic your, your, your content is. The more, the more real your content is, the more that somebody looking at your content goes, oh, that's a real person. Like that, that's somebody that like, like that reminds me of, of myself. That, that's when you're connecting with the next gen. And I think to do that well, when you're doing that well, the reality is I have to repent a lot. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of times where I have to go, hey, God, uh, forgive me for, for saying that tonight on stream because uh, I missed the mark there of your standards. And I was trying to connect with that person and I just, I just missed the mark there. And uh, that was a lot, man. That's a lot to unpack. I just, I'm just so honored that you shouted out the Twitter because, because, you know, it's, I, I get a lot of flack on there sometimes from a religious audience who doesn't understand, um, who doesn't understand the power of building online community and the power of mm -hmm. being able to, again, again, this is my scripture to bring it back to the Bible. The apostle Paul said to the Jew, I became like a Jew to the Gentile, I became like a Gentile. So why is every pastor that I follow on Twitter just posting generic inspirational thoughts you know with a, a, a like, like that, that, that's not that's not the currency of the culture mm -hmm. right now it's not mm -hmm. i want i want to know like what are you going through right now in your life like what what are you mm -hmm. struggling with right now you know and, and, yeah. and it's different when you're elite when i was in ministry i remember it's always a challenge to figure out how much vulnerability is too much vulnerability yeah so i want to listen i did ministry for 12 years vocationally i was a church planner campus pastor senior pastor. I, I mean, I did, I did it all. And I remember it's such a struggle when you're a ministry leader, because you really do need to think about, you know, I, I want to be vulnerable and real, but I, I still have to be these people's pastor. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a real discernment that needs to be had there. Um, but yeah. now that I'm outside of the vocational ministry world, I just feel like mm -hmm. I can kind of poke my stick a little bit and say, be more real, man, be more transparent. I was, I was with my pastor the other day. Yeah. I love my pastor. And I was telling my pastor, I said, pastor, I, I said, I, uh, we recorded a podcast together and I was sharing with my pastor. Um, I was just saying, Hey, uh, pastor Dustin, uh, Dustin Bates church, 1132, love our church, greatest church in the world, man. So glad I get to be a part of it and, and serving it and, uh, and be, uh, be, get to get to be there weekly. But, um, I just, I was saying it to my pastor saying, Hey, pastor Dustin, I just want you to know the most I ever connect with you now is is when I get to hear stories of your struggles and your failures and it's when I get it, like the most I ever feel connected to you is not when I get to hear about your victories it's when I get to hear about your losses and I was just sharing that on our podcast because I was saying I want to share more of those stories in this podcast because I really think they're going to touch people in a unique way man that's so good I think you hit so many things on the head when it comes to leadership and it comes to opening ourselves when we open up ourselves to God in the calling in a pastoral role we essentially are a fishbowl, like we're in a fishbowl and everybody's steering in and people of the next generation. And I would say even of other generations, but specifically this generation that we are seeing, like they want to be, they want leaders to be relatable. Mm -hmm. They want to be us to be, they want to be approachable. 
Like, oh, I want to be able to approach you and know that you're relatable. I want to know that you're real and you're authentic and you truly care. And when you start peeling back those layers and we start pointing people to Christ, all they see in me and should see in me is like a beggar in need of some bread that's just leading something. Like I need Jesus every day just as much as they do. But when we are in and and when we feel like we're leaders in unmarked territory or pioneers or doing what you are doing, it hasn't been done the way that you're doing it. So it's like we have these blueprints of what's been done before and it may have worked for such a time as that. But now we're in such a time as this, like, okay, this isn't that, but we just got to figure this out. And how can we be a witness and be an encourager in any and all places, wherever God has placed us and steward it well. And I will say, even just Josiah's, maybe you're going to speak into this, but just as a wife and as a girlfriend and just seeing him the last 10 years, just really growing in his ability to communicate, to relate to people, to be more real, to be more authentic, to be more mm-hmm. open with things that he's wrestled with, whether it's my insecurity is X, Y, and Z. And and I wrestle with this today. Like when you bring forth that, it just decreases people's fear of not being good, good enough for God and to be in a church and yes. just yeah. increases their curiosity of like, Wow, God's real. Oh, he can do that for me. He did that for you. Like, yeah, we're all on equal playing ground when it comes to the foot of the cross. And I think sometimes as people, we elevate pastors and we elevate positions or we elevate elevate celebrities. But in reality, we're all equal in God's eyes. It's what are we going to do when God is moving in our hearts and how are we going to steward that? So I sort of say like, Josiah, that you've really grown in this area. Do you just want to speak into that? Like, you've seen people open up in different ways just by the mere fact that you realize I don't need to be all polished. Like I don't have to have every word so articulate and know what it means in Greek and Hebrew. And can just be like, wow, I let down the shield of faith today. That sucked. But you know what? I picked it back up. So I mean, my gosh, I think that the myth that I believed as a young leader is that I needed to have everything together. Or the myth that I believed as a young leader is that I like people would relate with my successes, sharing stories where I was the hero in the story. And it was a fallacy. The truth about being a young Mm -hmm. leader is people relate with your vulnerability. The truth about being a young leader is they relate with your scars. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a quick example from my own life is we were planning for the weekend. Eight days ago, we had a meeting with our board of our nonprofit ministry. And I, I shared, guys, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed about fundraising. I'm overwhelmed about the planning of this event, the time that it's taking and just people coming, all of it. I'm just overwhelmed, you guys. And I went into the meeting like nervous, overwhelmed, even fearful about sharing that I was being overwhelmed. <laughs> and uh, I left going like this. And, and the crazy thing is uh, one of our board members, Andrew, he goes, Josiah, I get the picture that you're like one of the disciples of the Jesus. And I'm like, thanks, man. And he's like, no, it's not a compliment. (laughs) He's like, no, he's like, you've seen Jesus feed the 5,000. You've seen Jesus feed the 4,000. You watched Jesus turn the water into wine. You've seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Now Jesus is sleeping in the boat and you're afraid that you're going to starve or drown or die, that he's going to lead you out to drown. And I'm like, oh yeah. And the ironic part is I was preaching this, this weekend about the, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the body armor of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I told the young adults, I'm like, look, this week I, I got too exhausted and overwhelmed to carry the shield of faith. But one of my friends told me to pick it back up. And he lent you his for a moment. He he lent me his faith. I, I, and, and so I think that for the leader who's like me, who's believed that like, yeah, you, you gotta share stories where you're the hero. Jesus is the hero. Mm-hmm. Like where when I share my shortcomings, my fears, my failures, the things that God's led me through and done in my life, that's where the ministry mm-hmm. is. Those yeah. are where the miracles are. That's where people relate to. And um, one thing that you talked about, Grant, too, is something that like, okay, in a given night, a life, a day in your life is like people coming in and out of your streams and say it's 750. And people stay for seven minutes or seven hours or, you know, 70 minutes. Rick Warren says that it's like preaching to a parade. That's what I say. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think that's well said. Yes. Yeah. The youth pastor, right? 
seven years. Excuse me, preach and do a parade. I think of the young adult ministry leader. They're with you seven months. Preach and do a parade. I think of the lead pastor. They're with you for seven weeks. You're preaching to a prayer. I think of you and the ministry you're doing on the street. Somebody might, like the Holy Spirit might some touch somebody through a Twitch stream and they didn't know to expect it, mm-hmm. but it's like that's planted. so powerful. So I want you to talk just for a second about maybe somebody's thinking about opening up their youth group, their young adult ministry on a college campus or just for the world online. Talk to the person who needs to know what an opportunity and mission field it is, building community, Mm. creating content, sharing about the goodness of God. And and we see it in Psalm 145, verse four, one generation is to tell the next of the marvelous deeds of God. That's what you're doing on Twitch and Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and everywhere in between on these games. Mm. But Talk about the opportunity mm. that, that that can be for a church or a leader or a, a young adult or ministry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would love to. Let me, if I could go back real quick and, and just wrap up, uh, add one more illustration, and then I want to I hit that. Because uh, I'm talking about being helpful and being practical, but uh, <laughs> I'm not, I want to make sure I get practical. I, I just want to share a specific example of kind of how I connect and how, so I think it's easy to say, be real, be authentic, and then not, you know, not, it's just, those are buzzwords, right? So mm-hmm. um, here, here's what I'd encourage ministry leaders is, when I was in ministry, it's really easy when we preach, it's really easy to, it's really easy to like, oh, I, I, I'm just going to cut, all right, I'll get a cut, and I'm going to go, I'll get my little, my little poker out for my ministry friends, because I'm going to expose us a little bit on the outside looking in perspective. Um, it's easy. It's really easy in ministry to have fake authenticity and fake vulnerability. It's like, I'm just, I'm worried that a ministry leader is going to listen to that last section and their, their solution is going to be to go up on stage this Sunday and, and, and you know, be like, um, I struggle with uh, lust, you know, or I struggle with uh, greed and just kind of leave it at that. Right. It, it's easy sometimes, which would be progress for a lot of people. But I, I think I think way too often we do this like fake vulnerability thing in ministry where we we say we struggle, but it's like it is. I, 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 I've, I've been in a lot of messages where it's like you told me you struggle, but I don't believe you because you. Like, and so here, here's how I do this. You don't have to do it like this. Ministry leaders, um, everybody's got different context. But I just want to like for me, I know that like my audience, a lot of men, uh, they're all they all are watching porn, right? I mean, I just, I just know my, my audience, young men, they're all watching porn. Okay. I, and then I know this as a, as a 34 year old man who works in the entertainment industry, purity is, is like the biggest thing that I have to keep a guard on. And I'm there. And I said, and you know what I, but I said, you know what I need to do? I've got to have people in my life that I could be honest with about that. And so I said, I love that. I have my friend, John, who I'm gaming with tonight. Like John gets texts from me regularly calls for me regularly where I have to confess and I have to, I have to share something with him and I have to say, Hey man, I just want to let you know this happened. This was the content. And, and like, I'm just telling you, if you want to see freedom in people, whatever the issue is, it doesn't have to be lust. Um, when you can get that granular and let me point back to pastor Craig Rochelle, one of my heroes in ministry years ago, I heard him preaching. Cause you're like, Oh, that's easy for you. You're a Twitch streamer. I could never do that as a pastor. Years ago, I heard pastor Craig Rochelle. I remember exactly where I was when I heard this. I remember I, I was in my first house that I owned in Geneva, Illinois. I was in our master bedroom. Um, I had his message playing on on our t- on, on on a thirty two inch television. I remember exactly where I was. He said something. He was like, "Yeah, you know, like I just." I, he goes, "I did something stupid the other night. I was I was watching TV and it was it was like it was late at night and all of a sudden there was one of those ads, you know, for and it was just bikini. There were just bikini people on the TV and they were selling something and I just I just enjoyed it." I, I was there. I just watched it for probably 30 seconds too long. And, um, and I, I, I mean, I was like that level, j- just, just his transparency. It would have been so easy for him to just be like, yeah, I struggle with lust, but his transparency to give a specific situation, <laughs> right. Where he specifically had to, uh, I'm like, dude, there's a reason that guy is the guy that's connecting with people all around the world with his preaching. Uh, and so I, so just I'm gonna put a bow on that, but I just I want to warn I want to caution ministry leaders against vulnerability is not just saying I struggle with lust. Vulnerability is not just saying I struggle with envy. Vulnerability is doing what you did, Josiah, telling stories 
about situations that other people can find themselves in, right? Where, where you really had to fall short and overcome. And because if we're not showing people that, they're not going to know what to do. Like we got to show them this is, we got to like, what, the reason I tell the story specifically about lust is I'm showing people that I'm identifying my triggers. I'm showing people that I have a system in place for when I fall short, right? I mean, it's like all that is packed into that story. All right, so to back it up, why should you get involved? Why should you get into this? Um, I I call Gen Z, they're digital natives. They live online. They live online. Like they are digital natives. They were born, Josiah, you and I and Micah, like we're old enough to remember, like I remember when the internet became a thing. You know what I mean? Like I I remember, I remember my first, PC at home with dial-up internet. Like mm-hmm. I can remember what I mean. I can remember a time in my life where the internet didn't exist, and that's yeah. just gone now. Mm-hmm. So like, like that—that's a crazy shift, right? That—that will—it will never be that way again. But I am old enough to remember. Whoops! I remember a time in my life where I didn't know what it was to be online. This next generation was born into it. Um, they—they—they they, they live in it. And so, speaking frankly to the pastors, if your ministry doesn't have a digital expression, you are failing. At, I, I know you have a lot of pressure, you have a lot of burdens on you. So I'm not calling you a fail. I'm just saying if you're serious about the Great Commission and you're serious about reaching people where they are and you don't have a digital expression, there's just no excuse anymore. And I, mean, I love you and I'm for you. And, and if you want to send me a DM to talk more about how we can help you out, I'd love to help you get started in some of this stuff. John Rush, my best friend, he'd love to help you get started in some of this stuff. Because um, it could be overwhelming. It could be mm-hmm. really hard. It could be intimidating. But if you're asking me the question, Josiah, like, why should churches get involved? I'm just going to cut straight to the punch of saying that that I was going to call, <laughs> I was going to say you're, you're a fraud, but I don't want to be rude. But I, Charles Spurgeon famously said, if you're not a missionary, you're an imposter. He said, he said, he said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. My take on that Spurgeon quote in 2023 would be that if you're a Christian and a pastor and a leader who is not actively using digital means mm-hmm. to share your propagate the gospel you're an imposter in this culture you're an imposter what are you doing like how can you call yourself an evangelist how can you call yourself somebody who's serious about it they live in it they were born into it and and if you won't if you will not meet them where they are if you're not going to disciple them and evangelize them there's plenty of people on tiktok who will and that's what's happening in the next gen like Mm -hmm. if you're not you're not going to teach them about sex tiktok's going to teach them about sex if you're not going to teach them about about how to have a healthy relationship with substances TikTok's going to teach them how to have an unhealthy relationship with substances. Mm-hmm. So we got to step up as the capital C church. We got to step up. Um, everything belongs to God. I have a clip on my Instagram preaching that, 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 that went pretty big uh, where <laughs> it's just, I just said this. I said, Jesus is the Lord of the algorithm. He's the Lord of the algorithm. Twitter belongs to Jesus. TikTok, every knee is going to bow. Like TikTok belongs to Jesus. I'm tired of Christians playing defense. I'm tired of Christians getting intimidated or scared by things that already belong to King Jesus. He's King Jesus. He's the king over these platforms. The the harvest is ripe. He's just waiting for some people to step up and say, I'm not going to be scared of Twitter. I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to be scared of TikTok. I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to be scared of what will parents think or what will the board think or what will, you know, my pastor think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to count the cost of figuring out how to speak to a digitally native generation through digital means on top of everything else. You're already doing well. Cause you pastors are amazing. Pastors are my heroes. You guys work so hard. You're killing. If you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're, you're a forward thinker. You're an innovator. You're, you're crushing it in 20 different areas on top of all that. Just make sure you have a digital strategy. Make sure you're thinking about what am I doing digitally? Um, and start small. My story is I started small. I started with a $30 used Xbox Connect camera from GameStop and an <laughs> old Xbox, a five-year-old Xbox. I mean, I made a $30 investment. I started streaming on Twitch. And from that, God has blessed it abundantly. So start small, yeah. you know, yeah. get intimidated yeah. by, by what everybody else has. Start small, be faithful and, and watch what God's going to do with it. It's yeah. encouraging. And you can tell that Grant's passionate about this. You you just, I mean, it's, it's your, it's your world mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of your white hot why. And I think you brought up a couple of things. Like one of them is Ephesians. It talks about the day of evil coming mm-hmm. and it sure looks like 2023, like our world, it looks bleak. And yet there's hope in the power of the cross. We are not people without hope. We're mm-hmm. people with hope. Okay. And I'm reminded of this world war two quote. 
the the prime minister of Great Britain, Winston Churchill, Mm -hmm. he has this iconic quote. He says, the only thing necessary, there's only one thing necessary for evil to prevail, and it's for good people to do nothing. So in other words, Mm -hmm. I mean, even digitally, it can be a very, very dark place. And so the only thing that evil to prevail needs is for good people to do nothing. And here we are, we might not even be good people or God's people. Yeah. And, and we don't need to let evil prevail. So we won't do nothing. And so wherever you're mm-hmm. at, I think you brought up a great point, Grant, of anytime you bring up digital globalization technology, I think it comes with like just a, a mindfulness about what we see, a mindfulness mm-hmm. about what we watch, because, you know, we, there wasn't screens that were touch screens 20, 30 years ago or mm-hmm. for previous generations, especially not that connected you with anywhere in the world. Right. And so there's good that can come with that, that. There's bad or evil that can come with that. And I think that it's powerful, Tommy. We just recorded this morning an episode with the leader and one of the directors at Covenant Eyes. And Covenant oh, wow. Eyes is just mm-hmm. a great software that if you are ministering, Mm-hmm. online or you're spending time online um you have screens mm-hmm. on on our devices i've just i've got accountability partners mm-hmm. you know one of the things that i just think is awesome grant that you met, mentioned is that okay whatever happens you've got a best friend you that yeah. you're going to self report to that you're accountable to and that's the body of christ and so mm-hmm. what we love to do to close mm-hmm. just throw 5 minutes up on the clock and, That's right. Uh, we get the rapid fire. That's right. Yes. I'm five excited. Five. You up? You up for the game? I'm ready. I'm in. I'm hey, in. I'll kick it to you. Okay. What is God teaching you lately? Question one. Ooh, I'm learning a lot lately about, I, here's the simplest way to answer. He's a good father. And um, I think I way overcomplicate my prayer life. I way overcomplicate my faith life. I still, for whatever reason, I still really measure my faith by how much time did I spend in the Bible today? How much time did I pray today? And I feel like I'm getting broken free from that and recognizing that the 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 power I'm just the most powerful prayers I pray are the most honest prayers I pray. And I see the power of God the most on my stream, not necessarily when I'm feeling the most religious, but when I come in a stream and I have a moment of just real honest prayer, sometimes where I just go, God, I, I didn't even get to spend time with you today. I missed the mark on that, but I'm going live right now. I need your presence. I need your power. I cannot do this without you. And I, and I just pray to him as a good father who wants to bless his son. And um, I'm just learning that, that maybe it's not as complicated and as structured as I thought it was. And I just need to be mm-hmm. honest with myself. It's good. Yeah. All right. Here's question number three. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, man. My wife gave me this quote when she was my girlfriend. Um, she said, it's a Billy Graham quote that the, the, um, the best gift we have to give to others is the fruit of our own time spent with God. I've never forgotten it. It just, it just has really blessed me um, everywhere I've gone in ministry to never forget that, that the best gift I have to other give to others is going to come from, you know, my own time that I'm spending with the Lord. And and I need to, I need to always be dialed in there first and foremost. I love that. That's great. It's amazing. The curveball. What would you want to ask Mike or I today? We never know the answers or the questions that are coming. So it keeps us on our toes. This is so fun. What do I want to ask the Keneally family? Um, <laughs> what has been the biggest, as you've jumped into full-time, here's a fun one. <laughs> you may have to just cut this out of the end. I'm curious about how you've navigated finances now, you mm-hmm. know, going from having a paycheck to being an entrepreneur is crazy. So um, what's it looked like for your family to navigate financially in a season where you go from knowing I'm going to be paid this much amount every month to um, living by faith and finance and building something. What's that been like for you guys? Yeah, I think God graciously blessed us with a season of four years doing Chi Alpha, which was we were on staff at a church and then we were Chi Alpha and you can't be on a college campus through Chi Alpha until you're 100% fully funded as a missionary to that campus. So what I believe was God's hand of favor was he was preparing us for those four years for what we're doing now. And those are the pivotal people who've come alongside us, whether they're businesses, churches, family members, individuals, young adults themselves, who are financially supporting us as Chi Alpha. And now that we said, hey, 
if you want to come with us, this is what is next. It's not taking only what's happening with the 15,000 students on this campus. We're taking it across the U.S. and beyond of what okay. God's doing. And he was doing yeah. that in the last two years of Chi Alpha. So we're doing a dual role. Um, one was like volunteering. But for many of those people who were supporting Chi Alpha had just come alongside us and like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, we're here. So I think it was like four years of cushion in a sense. Like, it was still hard work. Don't get me wrong. But it helped people come along with us in the transition of the ministry and what God was calling us to do. So the financial component is that we are still um, missionaries to a generation through the nonprofit that we lead. And many of those people and pastors or individuals and family members have come along with for the ride because they're just excited to be a part of what God's doing. So yeah. I don't know if you would answer that differently. No, I think it's, it's, it's a life by faith. And, um, you know, Micah asked me this question. I probably wear a little bit more of the stress or um, she has the gift of faith. And especially as it relates to finances, I just sense the need to provide for my family. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess where I'd go with it or land is just to say that God's been really faithful. And she asked me the question, like, when has God stopped providing that he hasn't? And so like this summer, one of our top goals, even this quarter, this quarter of the year is like, we're at 85% funding. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're doing fundraising, um, whether one-on-ones, whether, you know, through the podcast, whether through our events or speaking at different churches, offering Mm -hmm. whatever, um, Mm -hmm. times of giving generosity, we're just believing God for that. Our board has said we could raise X amount and we're at X minus you know, 15, 20%. So we want to see that gap closed Mm -hmm. and we're trusting him for it, but is, it is a life by faith. And sometimes, sometimes it's been a source of, okay, I'm stressed about this. So I want to pray and I I need to trust God. And that's, it's the, the roller coaster. I know all about that. So I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So back to you, Mm -hmm. what is your favorite game? I thought that'd be a fitting question. Game oh. to stream, favorite game to stream. Oh, well, so I stream, uh, I play a game called Apex Legends and it's a huge battle royale. I just played five months of Call of Duty Warzone 2, but that game is cheeks, is a, was an expression we would use in the gaming world. It's just bad, 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 bad game. Uh, so I'm not playing that as much anymore because people weren't interested in it, but I thought it was fun. John and I played that together. Uh, so I play Apex Legends. I play mostly battle royale shooters. My favorite game growing up. I mean, the N64 was a legendary system, um, so I'll always remember that was my first system, uh, first console. So, you know, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, um, GoldenEye 007, Mario Kart, I mean, um, Super Smash Bros., just an iconic system. And then um, the Halo franchise, you know, I, I, I it was like my, my middle school, high school years, Halo 2, Halo 3 in college. And so, uh, yeah, those are, those just kind of a, I like shooters, you know, I'm not a big sports game guy right now. I'm enjoying, I'm not streaming it, but I am loving, there's a new star Wars game out star Wars, Jedi survivor. And I'm literally going to wrap this call and go play for a couple hours before I go play video games for my job. Cause I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm a video game degenerate right now, man. I'm like, I'm playing games off stream and then I'm going off stream and play, but this game is so good. It's so fun to play. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you're into Star Wars, check out Star Wars. It's a good game. Star Wars. Oh my, my goodness. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. A lot of fun. So, that's, yeah. That's so fun. Mike is elbowing me and t- like, tell a story, tell the story. So, fun fact for you. So this is um, in between question four and five, about, about to close, about to wrap up the conversation, but so grateful for this conversation and just you, Grant, your work, your way of seeing this generation in the world. And yeah. we just see God's hand on your life and um, in the work that you're doing and your heart for the next generation is inspiring. Um, we The pandemic hit and we were all locked at home. Like everyone can relate to that. And all of a sudden we're cleaning the house for like everyone's I'm sure cleaning the house. And all of a sudden Mike has got like an N64 set up and I'm like, we have video games. <laughs> I And and I had a system and I sold everything when we got married. I just needed some cash. Yeah, 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 so yeah. we've been married for a few years at this point. I think we were expecting our daughter right. to arrive in a matter of weeks. I go, you were holding out on me. You had like a GameCube and N64, GameCube, all the games. 64. Needless to say, my mom did give it to me prior to the pandemic, but barely, we just moved into our house. He's like, you've been holding out on me. And I was like, okay, I'll take you on in whatever game you want. And I don't know if he's beat me. Oh my since. Gosh, I love it. Let's go. Just saying. 
<laughs> one game it. is like, I'm sure to beat you at baseball. I'm like, okay, let's go. And he's like, how are you winning right now? I'm like, I don't know. This is your game. <laughs> I love it. Supposedly I love it. your game. I love All it. right. Fun fact for you. We like to game a little bit too. All right. If you could leave the listener with one piece of advice, Grant, what would you leave them with today? Oh man. Um, I think the, the biggest reason uh, the gospel works we have a marketing problem and the marketing problem is us. And mm-hmm. um, the most important thing any Christian can do is uh, stay faithful in their marriage, raise their kids, have a great reputation in their business. If they're in the marketplace, their ministry, um, I just, I, I can't get away from this man that, that the, the older I get when I was young, I dreamed about, you know, preaching on huge stages and, writing books. I still want to do a lot of that stuff, but the older I get, the more I'm like, man, I want to be 90 and be able to point to a marriage of 65 years and be able to look at grandkids that are walking with Jesus and be able to know that there were hundreds of thousands of people, hopefully who got to look at my life and, and just go, man, um, I, 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 I don't even believe in what he believed, but Mm-hmm. He, you know what I'm saying? Like I just, the whole way I want to live my life is that people would look at it and go, I'm not ready to believe, but I, I like Jesus a little bit more because, because, of, because of him. Mm-hmm. And I just think the way that we do that is not primarily through our preaching. I don't think the way we do that is primarily through our theology. I think the way that we do that is primarily through living a life of character and um, boldness and faith and winsomeness. And if every Christian would just live like that and we would stay married and we would raise our kids and we would be good to our neighbors. Um, and when we talk about Jesus while we're doing it, the whole world wouldn't know him, man. I mean, the Holy spirit mm-hmm. works. I'm so glad I know Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad I know Jesus. And, um, and, and yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice I get is start small, be faithful in walking with God and loving people, you know, uh, and you're named after the prophet, right? Um, seek justice do mercy and walk humbly with God. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's it. That's still it. That's still it. Seek justice, do mercy, walk humbly with God. And um, if we'll do that, we're going to see the whole world know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good word. Hey, Grant, thanks for joining us. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe leave a review, and share this with someone you know. Plug me in, I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in, I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.